Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. You're listening to the FT Money Show, brought to you by Investors Chronicle and FT Money. Hello and welcome to the FT Money Show. I'm Richard Anderson from the Investors Chronicle. And I'm Charlene Goff from FT Money. And together, we'll be bringing you this week's financial lowdown in downloadable form. So Charlene, what have we got in the show this week? Well, today we have a real hodgepodge of financial news and advice. Coming up, we ask whether hedge funds really do protect your money against market volatility, why the Office of Fair Trading is taking banks to the high court over high charges, and whether now is a good time to buy up your own piece of the Costa del Sol. And if you've got a subject you'd like us to tackle, you can email your questions to ask.ftyourmoney at ft.com. But let's start by taking a look at the markets, which have been more than a little shaky of late. I'm joined by Dominic Picarda, who's the Associate Editor and Technical Analysis Expert on Investors Chronicle. So, Dominic, it would appear investors are getting a little nervous. What, what's been happening in markets? Well, Richard, the problems really come out of the debt markets. and Credit investors are demanding more for holding risky instruments compared to holding risk-free stuff. So that's having a knock-on effect in the equity markets. People are worried that the global mergers and acquisitions boom, companies buying other companies, is, is going to come to an end or because there's no longer this flood of cheap finance available. So that's having a big knock-on in, in markets which are really looking a bit overstretched. And are we talking just the main market, FTSE 100, or what, what's been happening in the other indices? No, the, the FTSE 250 has actually been harder hit. They've seen much bigger run-up in a lot of the shares there because they've enjoyed more deal-making. And valuations are really pretty stretched and for a lot of those companies, pub companies and other UK-focused ones. So they've seen the biggest fall between the two markets. And what kind of falls are we looking at? I mean, here we are on August the 3rd, the last 10 days. And what, what exactly has been going on? Well, from where the market's peaked to the, the most recent trough, they've, they fell something like 8%, but within a 10-day time frame, which is really rather short. And it's, uh, to put that in context, some of the previous corrections lost the same amount, uh, but over quite a few weeks. So people are thinking, just because of the speed of the drop, that there could be a lot more in store. And there's been a pretty big consensus uh, among investors for quite some time that we're overdue a big correction, uh, that it's not just simply going to be another 10% affair, but you could see falls maybe for 15 or 20%. 
before things uh, start to rise again. And over what kind of time frame? I mean, you were talking before that these corrections take weeks. I mean, are we looking at another 5 or 10%, say, in the next few days, the next few weeks? Or? It's very hard to call it like that, but remember that we're, we're in the summer season, which is a weak period for equities. And my best guess would be that if, unless things bounce back immediately, then we could go on seeing uh, weakness into, into September, maybe into October, followed by a very strong rally towards the end of the year. And remember, you can get all the latest money news at ft.com forward slash money. Still to come in the programme, are banks finally about to get their comeuppance for years of overcharging? And we look at where you can find great deals on Spanish property. But first, do hedge funds really do what they're supposed to do? Contrary to popular belief, hedge funds are designed specifically to produce consistent positive returns in all market conditions. So, with market volatility high, now is precisely the time for them to prove their worth and justify their fees. But is their performance really stacking up? John McLeod spoke with Brendan Campbell at Allenbridge Consultants to find out. So, Brendan, in theory, hedge funds should not be affected by market falls, but has that been the case recently? Well, there have been some occasion in recent years where equities markets have made losses and hedge funds have also made losses at the same time. But uh, if you look at, say, over the last year, then you'll see that both in February and in June when equities markets made their losses, the hedge fund indices were, were generally up. Um, now, taking that slightly further, looking over, say, the period since the year 2000, then if you look at every single month where equities made gains, hedge funds outperformed the equities, uh, equities markets 20% of the time. Whereas uh, if you take periods where the equities markets were actually making losses, then what you find is that hedge funds uh, outperformed the equities markets 97% of the time, which really shows that while hedge funds are managing to capture lots of the upside, they're also mitigating the vast majority of the downside. What about using funds of hedge funds? I mean, are they a lower-risk approach, or do they still show correlation with markets? Well, funds of hedge funds do definitely show some degree of correlation with markets. I think some of this goes hand-in-hand with being... Uh, a diversified investment that uh, you will always end up taking on slightly higher levels of systemic risk. Um, and there have definitely been um, some concerning increases in fund-to-fund correlation to, to equities in recent years. On a rolling basis, these correlations have actually edged up towards the kind of 0.8 or 0.9 uh, correlation, which is uh, slightly concerning. Um, but, again, uh, you know, a lot of this increase has occurred during the period where equities markets have gone up. And now that some volatility has crept into the market, we're starting to see these correlations falling again, which you can only really assume is the hedge fund managers pulling back from the directional component to their portfolios. OK. So th- there are some funds of hedge funds that are listed as investment trusts on the stock exchange. And those can be held inside your ISO, your individual savings account. But would you say those are the best ways to get exposure, or should people look to the offshore hedge funds, which tend to have sort of higher, higher minimum investments? Well, I, I would say that in terms of choosing which kind of type of, of fund to go for, uh, it's, it really does depend on the type of investor. If you're a high net worth investor, then it's probably worth your while to try and go for the offshore funds where there is considerably more variety. And uh, by identifying a very good offshore fund, you can really find a, an investment that will uh, you know, suit your needs. 
Uh, whereas the, uh, the kind of uh, average retail investor is slightly more limited in what they can choose. So for them, you know, as of next year, according to the FSA, they may have the option to go for these new funds of alternative investment fund vehicles, which is one way of gaining access to, to hedge fund exposure. But for now, really, the, uh, the only way that they can do that is by going for the um, listed hedge fund vehicles. That was Brendan Campbell at Allenbridge. And to find out more about hedge funds and other strategies to protect your money against market volatility, visit investorschronicle.co.uk. Coming up, sun, sea and siestas. But before that, we find out whether banks might finally be about to get their comeuppance for years of overcharging customers on petty things like going overdrawn and bouncing checks. Thousands of customers have already been claiming bank refunds, but that could just be a drop in the ocean compared to what might happen over the next few years. Yeah, the Office of Fair Trading is actually going to court with some of the biggest names on the high street to try and get these, as you say, petty charges stamped out for good. To find out more, I spoke with David Black at research company De Facto. David, who is the uh, OFT taking to court and, and why? A number of current account provider banks, and they're trying to establish a legal precedent as to whether unauthorised overdraft charges are fair to consumers. The, the actual banks concerned, or providers rather, Abbey, Barclays, Clydesdale, HBOS, which Halifax Bank of Scotland, HSBC, Lloyd's TSB, and Nationwide Building Society. You've obviously covered most of, the, most of the big names there. I mean, even amongst that group, are, are all as guilty as the rest or are some much worse than others? It really depends on their charging structure. But uh, for your typical default charge, you're looking around about the £39 mark maximum. Some of them are a little bit lower than that, but they're all fairly substantial amounts once you start getting overdrawn on an unauthorised basis. So this is just simply going over your overdraft limit, is that right? Pretty much, yeah. If you try and do transactions and you haven't sorted out an authorised overdraft at all, you're not in credit. And am I right in saying that, that you can already claim back if you fill in a form and, and send it off? A lot of people have been. There are various websites around which, from which you can download templates and just fill in your own details. And it, it tells you the method to go about it. A lot of people have taken this route and the banks have to... And until this test case was announced, they had to um, respond within a certain period. And if you didn't like what they said, then you could complain either to the courts or to the ombudsman. And, and were they successful, these claims? And, and... According to the ombudsman, every case they dealt with, they did get the customer a refund. But it was always done on an ex gratia basis, as far as the bank was concerned, because it never really got to a legal test case. Um, for the people who went to court, most of them were successful, but... There were some rather inconsistent results on occasion, so you couldn't be absolutely sure whether you'd succeed or not on that basis. Right. So I guess that's why the need for the case. I'm just going to ask, it seems to me the, the banks are paying out, therefore they're admitting that they've done wrong or they're guilty. So, so why the need for a, for a case? Well, they're saying they're paying out on a goodwill basis on an ad, ad hoc thing when they um, get the inquiries or the complaints. They, they do want legal certainty about what they can do going forward and in terms of their past right. because they're having to make fairly substantial provisions and payments at the moment and it's not an ideal situation for anyone. I know the, worry, the worry I guess is is that um, <laughs> if, if their income streams are curtailed in this area, they're going to be looking to other, other methods of getting their income and that could mean bank charges generally. 
this is what I wanted to ask you because I mean exactly presumably if if they do lose then they're going to be hiking up charges everywhere I mean where where are the most likely places they're going to try and get their money back uh, probably monthly fees must be an option uh, they might charge by transaction so for example they might charge more for a check because they're fairly much dying out in terms of usage now um, historically there are various ways. It could be a pay-as-you-go case, depending on the number of transactions. There are all sorts of methods they could use. But I think generally you'll see some of the peripheral charges increasing. Right. So being I, mean, introduced. I mean, customers are in a bit of a no-win situation then, aren't they? I mean, even if the, the OFT wins this case and, and overdraft charges are, are reduced and uh, banks are forced to refund customers, then they're just going to, as we said, they're just going to hike up charges elsewhere. Well, I think that's what the IFT found when they um, dealt with the credit card default fees last year when they put a cap on at £12. If you look at what's happened since, um, various charges have been either introduced or increased, including interest rates. And admittedly, some of that is because the base rates increased over the intervening period as well. But the, the, the IFT, to my mind, has rather backed itself into a bit of a corner because it said it's going to do something. And, it, and, it, and to be fair, it is doing something. But there will be ramifications if they come down against the banks. Providing a current account is a very useful service that the vast majority of people need, and we're pretty unique in this country in not having having them charged for if you're in credit. Just a final question. How, how likely do you think they are to win the OFT, rather? I think eventually they will win, but it won't just be a High Court case. There'll be an appeal and the banks will contest it for as long as they can. So this is going to drag on for a long time? Could do. I mean, if, if you look at... Um, there was a case to do with overseas transactions on credit cards. That case, I believe, started around about June 2003. The banks won the initial case. The OFT went to appeal. They won that one, and the banks are still contesting it. So it's a little over four years, and they still haven't got a result on that. Now, I hope that this um, OFT case won't, won't last as long, but it's not going to be quick. That was David Black at De Facto. For more on this, simply go to ft.com forward slash your money. And finally today, property prices in the real hotspots of southern Spain have fallen off a cliff in the last few months, but there are some gems to be found among the ruins, and with the filthy summer we're having back home, who wouldn't be tempted? Elaine Moore spoke with Stuart Law at Assets Finance. So, Stuart, is this a good time to buy in Spain? That's a good question. A lot of people have been asking that question recently, uh, caused by the problems with the uh, Spanish house builders' share prices. But the real events, we think, were two or three years ago, and in answer to the question, yes, now is a good time to be buying. But it's not obvious why. So why have some investors been shying away from the country? Investors in particular, hardened investors, uh, shied away from the country as much as three years ago. This was due to them beginning to get the jitters about whether or not they were going to be able to buy in an early phase from a developer and then sell on before completion at a higher price. About two years ago or so, investors en masse decided that wasn't really very likely in the coming next couple of years. And what's the Spanish economy like at the moment? Should people be concerned about that? No, the economy is buoyant. Uh, Spain, as in common with a number of other European countries that have had fairly open border policies, 
have benefited massively from significant levels of immigration. Uh, Romanians, for example, have uh, headed en masse to uh, Spain in, in a similar way to the Poles uh, arriving in the UK. House building is at very high levels compared to here in the UK, but the UK is, of course, artificially constrained by planning controls down at the under 200,000 new units, new front doors a year being built. Uh, in Spain, uh, we have quite the opposite. We have uh, very lax planning controls in some parts, even moving into corruption where planning is given for things that shouldn't have even been given. And that's partially what's given investors the jitters, but in a, in a way it's partially what's allowed very significant levels of building. Should investors be worried about that level of building? Well, yes. I think if, if, if building comes back to the 600,000 units mark in Spain... And if, if the pure effect of doing that is that uh, schemes that shouldn't have been built, uh, either legally or illegally, aren't built anymore, and what's left is the better schemes built legally, I, d I think that's very sustainable. So can you still pick up some properties at good prices and, and mortgage deals that are comparable to the UK's? Yeah, it's nothing like uh, you could get two or three years ago. But now, today, is the reality of, of what you need today. Even off-plan buyers three years ago are now paying today's rates in many cases. I think uh, the move upwards wrong-footed many people who didn't have fixed rates. But even so, rates are competitive, and uh, 70 to 80% loan-to-value is very normal in, uh, in Spain. But one quirk is that uh, Spanish banks do lend, generally speaking, many of them, on the true bank valuation price, not necessarily the price you pay. There are moves afoot to control the difference between where the bank valuation can be relative to the purchase price, and there are, there are constraints proposed to keep that a bit tighter than it currently is. But it does mean that you can obtain a, an 80% loan to value on a bank valuation that means you don't have to put the whole 20% deposit in as cash if you've bought in a canny way, which is exactly why we're saying today you are able to buy in a canny way with or without clever mortgage finance. You're buying at depressed values from a good opportunistic seller, um, somebody who needs to sell or wants to sell because perhaps they've formed an opinion that they want to sell. You, you can get really good deals at the moment. Banks are recognising that. Bank valuations being higher than purchase price, even with all the things going on at the moment, should be telling you something. That was Stuart Law at Assets Finance. For more on all aspects of financial planning, visit ft.com forward slash money. And that's it for this week's FT Money Show. Remember, you can email your views and your questions to ask.ftyourmoney at ft.com. And we'll be back next week with another financial lowdown in downloadable form. But until then, it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me. The FT Money Show team and our producers, Blue Barracuda. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.